Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with host Dee Brown, the president and CEO of the P3 Group, the nation's largest minority public private partnership real estate developer. Here's Dee. Welcome to this episode of The Sky's the Limit. Joining me today is Eric Stevenson, my Chief Data and Compliance Officer, and Grandin Gray, my Chief Operating Officer for the P3 Group. Today, we're going to talk about the importance for people in business to have discipline. And we talk about this on the heels of the Oscars and everything that went down with Will Smith and Chris Rock and how Will allowed the moment to control how he responded. And so in business, especially as African-Americans, I feel that we can't afford to make those type of uh, mistakes, Mm -hmm. primarily because we know that we're going to be penalized a lot tougher Mm -hmm. than our counterparts. And that's just the reality of it. I mean, if you look at whether it's the criminal justice system, whether it's through uh, employment, you know, in your respective careers and jobs, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times when we make mistakes, the penalties are much more severe. Right. And so I want to talk about that incident and how Netflix, Sony, other uh, uh, studios have stopped working on Will Smith projects. And do you feel like the punishment fit the offense? I'll go first. So I, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel like the punishment does fit the offense. So let, let me go back and say that I do think that it was wrong. I think his approach was wrong. Uh, I think, like you said at the beginning, he let the, his emotions take over at a time. Regardless of what was going on, you're on the world stage, you shouldn't have done that. But I think that it's not in line with the other, the other penalties that have been aligned with any, uh, other people who may have done things outside of, out of their character. Uh, you've got other uh, actors and directors that happen to not be black or that are not black, that were not ostracized by the Oscars for a 10 year period like Will was. So I don't I don't think that it's I think they're making an example when there was other examples before him that could have been made. So uh, that's just my opinion on on, on that. Matt. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what Eric said, but I think the only difference in Will Smith's moment versus maybe some of his other counterparts, I think, uh, some of those other incidents, especially with some of those folks, those actors and actresses in Hollywood, um, some of those acts were not on tape and they weren't live. So this is a natural reaction. It's like if you actually see it and you react, your first thing is, mm-hmm. hey, we have to do something. Right now, Fair you know, now if you bring something into the court of law and it's been, you know, you have lawyers on both sides and you're looking for the evidence and all of that, you know, whether you see the evidence is physical or whatever the case may be. I mean, this happened on live TV. So I right. think I think to a certain degree, I think that the fact that it was in the moment and everyone across the globe uh, was able to actually see it. And there was no question as to what happened. Um, I think that has something to do in terms of the harshness, you know, yeah. the harshness of the actual. So uh, fair. Yeah. But but so I, I I think that what he did was totally wrong. Now I yeah, know I that there that. are people that yeah. tried to justify it by saying he was protecting his woman. No, protecting your woman is when somebody's trying to rob you mm-hmm. or someone mm-hmm. break into your home mm-hmm. or someone's right. trying to physically attack her. That's the that's when you're really protecting your woman. Or maybe if uh, 
Chris had said some, you know, something really, really uh, uh, vulgar right, uh, yeah. in, in, dis- in disrespectful to her. And, and so while I do understand that she has a condition, the, the condition is not life, a life-threatening condition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you, you're in the public eye. And, you know, we're in the public eye. So it's like because we do work for government agencies, mm-hmm. when we go to city council meetings, when we're operating <laughs> communities mm-hmm. uh, or school board meetings, mm-hmm. there is a possibility that someone may say something about us that we don't like. Right. Absolutely. It happens all the time. You know, so I think that regardless of what people say and people can be divided on this issue, I don't see anything right about someone making a, a, a joke that you could say was in poor taste. Mm-hmm. or wasn't extremely funny. I mean, it was probably one of his least funny jokes <laughs> that I heard. Uh, but to say that it rises to the level of you going, walking up and slapping someone, right. I don't see that. Now, but when I get to the, the scenario of does the punishment fit the offense, I'm more so not focused on the 10-year ban from the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of us were banned from the Oscars already. That was funny. That was the debate before the right. actual Oscar right. aired. Right. So, so, you know, I don't know, you know about how severe that is, but my thing is that when you have uh, Netflix, uh, Sony, or any of these other uh, studios that say, you know what? We're not going to work with you anymore. So we're going to take your livelihood because of this mistake. And I'm saying that the mistake, while it was severe, does it, do you take a person's livelihood no. because they made a mistake? Because here's the reality of it. If you shoot the, the, the movie, mm-hmm. the consumer is going to determine if they want to penalize them by not watching it and not generating revenue surrounding the, uh, right. the, the show, right? right? But why is it that when African-Americans make mistakes, we feel that they should not have a livelihood any longer. Well, I think it's, it's funny you, you said livelihood. Initially, what popped in my head is oftentimes removing a man's livelihood is only second to death, right? And a man or a woman, uh, you're removing their livelihood, you, you're removing their ability to navigate throughout society. You're removing their ability to provide. Uh, again, we're talking about you know millions and millions of dollars, yada, yada. And Will Smith is, from what I know, outside looking in, he'll be fine, you know, regardless. Mm-hmm. But you still are. But that's his, his pockets are not mine to count. You're removing his ability to continue his life as he's projected it out. Um, and I just, I think that quite often we're used as, we're, being black people are typically used as the example. And it goes back to, and it's, it's, it's really systemic. It's, it always happens. We're always, there's always this chilling effect to show that, hey, if you get out of line, mm-hmm. this, is the, this is what's going to happen to you. These are, the, these are repercussions to kind of dangle that level of control over your head. And, and it's something that I hadn't seen done uh, to really, I can't speak for other sectors, but I know how. Uh, how harshly it's been done within the, the sector, which right. being the black community. It's, it's always the, the way to put us in line, check, put them in check. Right. You know? And I think that's a lot, a lot of what this is. And I think it's normal. I think it's been normalized in American culture to do just that. Right. Put them right. back in its right. place. Yeah. I mean, I, Eric, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, if you think about, you know, Will Smith was one of those actors, I would say post Denzel in his Oh, the climax of his career. Also, child I mean, within the community. Of, you know, you think yeah. about, you know, just the whole Fresh Pence Bel Air, that whole thing. I mean, 
the, you know, the yeah. studios that he was affiliated with, NBC. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, this is ingrained into the fabric of America. I mean, it was right. all, you know, it was an American story. And it's like, mm-hmm. now it's turned into a night, an American nightmare. So, so I guess with that, you see the hypocrisy, um, but just the level of commerce that Will Smith, you know, not only brought to him and his family, but, you know, other people, you know, that's what I'm thinking about. The other people that mm-hmm. are associated with him that, that will, suffer that, that will also mm-hmm. suffer. Uh, and also, you know, just thinking about other, the generations that uh, of young people that maybe want to get into that line of work and show business, and especially now that, you know, you have all these different avenues to, to make money with streaming platforms and, th- you know, things of that nature. Um, I mean, it's, it's like that opportunity is gone. I mean, if you even think about how Will Smith, you know, his, you know, rebranding of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and how it's on the Peacock Network and it's mm-hmm. on the streaming platform. You know, so it's like so it was almost like Will was going into a whole nother direction, not only in terms of his career, but like that second act right. uh, of being able to uh, produce commerce, produce content. And so he's never going to be able to capitalize off of that. I mean, he'll be able to live off of what he's, you know, uh, gotten over time. But just think about the next level of where we are um, in 2022 in that content. So to me, it's taken into a whole nother Stratosphere. Well, the thing that I guess that bothered me most about the uh, the repercussion uh, side of it is that when you, when you look at his history, yeah, mm-hmm. you know he's not a guy that has traditionally conducted himself in that manner, yeah. and so I don't know what was going on with him, and you know mentally or emotionally at that mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. that caused him to snap like that. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like for someone who's been in the public eye for decades, right. you you're used to people saying all types of things about you. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see how that joke cut him so deep. But at the same time, when you look at a person holistically, if he had been someone that has been out there wilding out, mm-hmm. and you say you know what this is the final straw, yeah, mm-hmm. then okay, you say okay, I'm yeah. cutting you off, right. But I think that people have the right to make mistakes and ask for forgiveness. Absolutely. And whether you like what he did or didn't, I don't think that he did something that was so that was unforgivable. Right. Now, Chris may feel a different way, and he and he has the right to sue him and mm-hmm. or do whatever you know actions that he feel are appropriate uh, based on what occurred, and that's something that's separate mm-hmm. and apart from mm-hmm. uh, someone that you're working with that you have a relationship with, right. saying like. Oh, you made this mistake and it's unforgivable. And so let's just talk about a case study. Mm-hmm. So I will use, and this is probably going to be one of the most controversial topics I've ever gone public to, to make. Uh, but I, I'm going to talk about January 6th, right. right? The insurrection. All right. And you know, it was <laughs> really an unusual day for us because mm-hmm. that was the day yep. that you were being interviewed to, to come work here at the company. And we yeah. were in the middle of the interview. Uh, we had CNN on the screen, but the volume mm-hmm. was off. Right. And we looked up and saw what was yeah. happening, and we literally stopped the and, interview, yeah. turned the volume up, and tried to figure out what, <laughs> what was going this, on. What was going on? Is this real? Like, yeah, is this real. really happening? And that was, that was the is initial this thought. Really like, I remember us looking across from each other and thinking, is this is this a parody? Is this right. farce? Right. Yeah, it, Are we watching Saturday Night Live? Right. It's like, like a. Yeah. You know. But here's the, here's the irony of it there are people who watched that go down, who know what happened on January 6th, mm-hmm. that are perfectly okay with what they saw. Mm-hmm. 
And some of those same people feel like Will Smith shouldn't be able to make another movie. Uh, yeah. Some of those same people feel like Will Smith should not be able to come to the Oscars for 10 years. Some of those same people feel that Colin Kaepernick should not play in the NFL because he's unpatriotic, mm-hmm. because he took a knee. Some of these same people, I watch them. I mean, because I'm very observant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I watch them. I've been to games, uh, football games, where they're playing the national anthem. And if you're inside of the clubs, you know, the, 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 the various clubs inside the stadiums, mm-hmm. if you're in those clubs or you're in those suites mm-hmm. uh, and the national anthem is playing, they're drinking beer, talking, mm-hmm. uh, yelling, laughing. Mm-hmm. If they're at Buffalo Wild Wings watching the games and in the national anthem play, they keep eating the wings, keep drinking the beer. Right. They don't stop and stand up and salute or, uh, or put hand over the heart. They don't do anything. Right. And yeah. so... It's the optics. So <laughs> it, the, 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 the hypocrisy yep. is what kills me is that I know when I watch certain things unfold and I know that if it was the, if the shoe was on the other foot, if it was someone that wasn't of color, you would not feel so offended. Right. You can, right? That's because you have the ability to see the through line. And what you describe in all of those, all those scenarios, the Will Smith to the insurrection to uh, even to uh, Colin Kaepernick, you see the through line. And it's not simply, oh, there happen to be incidents. Well, two happen to be incidents with uh, African-American or black men and the other is from mainly with, with white Americans. But you see the, 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 the disparity of views. But the through line is, is when, when African-Americans act out, when people of African descent act out, they must be put in check. Mm-hmm. Right. And check when when other Americans act out, when white Americans act out, it seems that, oh, well, you know, they just they just had a bad day. You, yeah. Which that's is essentially. Yeah. yeah they just had right. a bad day. So, I mean, yeah. so let's look at it from this perspective. Yeah. Brandon. Had Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. on January 6th. Did the same things to try and it's, the role was reversed. Mm-hmm. Trump had one. He was getting ready to get, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Confirmed as a president mm-hmm. again, and mm-hmm. if Black Lives Matter had to carry out the same activities mm-hmm. that day, uh, it'd been a well, 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 it would have been a bloodbath. And if somebody says that it wouldn't, have, I mean, it's I'm sorry, like we'll debate that to the cows come home. I point you to, I mean, to data to suggest that otherwise, <laughs> you know, George Floyd. Yeah, I, mean, I just point you to you know. Uh, I mean, it's just a, it's a fact. Yeah. yeah, there would have been. Bodies. More blood in the street. In the street. Blood in the street caused by people protecting the Capitol and or National Guard or whoever being leveraged to protect the Capitol, opposed to on the January 6th. Now, you said insurrection at the beginning. That was a deadly insurrection. People died. Mm-hmm. Right. It is a direct yeah. cause to the actions of people on, on, on those streets. So it's there's no there's n- but, but, okay, so there's a story in the news right now, and I'm sorry, I can't think of it. The guy's name, but uh, traffic stopped because of the tag didn't match the vehicle. They get into a tussle uh, with the police. Police pull a gun and shoot him in the back of the head. Okay, there were people that attacked Capitol police officers on January sixth that were not people of color. They they broke through barricades. Mm -hmm. They broke through windows. They fought. They scratched. 
They do, they, everything you can think of. Injured officers. Yelled expletives. Racial epithets. And and so the some some of the same people who said that Colin Kaepernick is unpatriotic, some of the same people that say Colin Kaepernick should not be able to have a job because he decided that he wanted to get on his knee during the national anthem, mm-hmm. peaceful uh-huh. protest, peaceful mm-hmm. protest, which is to to bring awareness to the injustices uh-huh. that African-Americans are experiencing at the hand of people who are sworn to preserve and protect us. Uh-huh. That he's unworthy. Right. Some of the same people are able to justify uh-huh. the scaling of the walls of the Capitol, the breaking through barricades, the injuring of law enforcement, and these are the people that say they love law enforcement. Yeah. The same people. Yeah. And they are able to say nothing happened. Oh, it was uh, you know, all kinds of conspiracy theories. They can come up with every justification to say why there's nothing wrong with it. Right. And, and my question is, like, are we living in an alternate universe? No. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just think that, I mean, when we're thinking about this, the other the other thing that I'm thinking about is the whole critical race theory. Like, that's the other, I was just reading an article yesterday where a uh, state of Florida where because of there were certain books that had arithmetic that I guess it, the, the numbers didn't add up and it had some type of racial overtone or so. I don't, I, I don't get it, but essentially they're going to throw those books out where those books will not be able to be used in the public school districts in Florida. And so, so when you just sit there and think about critical race theory, like, what does it really mean? It's like, so you telling me things that actually happened, people have lived through, it's documented. Uh, now, all of a sudden, because, you know, it hurts your feelings or, you know, I don't like this story being told. It makes me uncomfortable now. OK, we're just going to race that from history. Like, that's another thing that I think that um, we probably need to start spotlighting. I mean, obviously, January 6th happened it, it, and, and it's been happening, but. The fact that now you have some of these same groups of individuals that are trying to literally take away history. I mean, that's <laughs> and it's it's such a it, it, to your your point of uh, being in an alternate universe. I I grew up um, <laughs> reading comic books and stuff, and so there was Bizarro, Bizarro, and everything was upside down for Bizarro. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like yeah. we're living in a Bizarro uh, land where, like like you just said, there are things that actually happen, things that our experiences that occurred because it hurts the feelings of a certain sector of society that, Oh, now it must be removed. It doesn't need to be removed. The story needs to be told truthfully Mm -hmm. and emphatically. It also, we also need to understand and call out these things as they happen. I think people are accurate in calling out the hypocrisy of the insurrection. I think if you don't, that's you allowing it, you're enabling it to continue to happen. Because if like, again, critical race theory, you have, uh, uh, you know, the removal of it, which in a lot of cases is is kind of a a talking point because critical race theory was something that was taught to be viewed from a systemic way Mm -hmm. in, in law and in law courses and upper level. Mm -hmm. So it it never reached kindergarten or elementary and things of that nature. 
But what we're also seeing is, is and I think what the uh, if I'm sideline quarterback, and I think what it what it really becomes is is they see that now they see or people see that now you can't hide anything. Right. Information, Information is readily available. Is readily available. Yeah. Cameras are readily available. Now, when you start, you know, I've got children and, and young people that are in my life. They're starting to put these things together. They're starting to understand. But, but not only that, I mean, you have kids nowadays because, you know, cultures are so intermixed. You're right. You know, not just from a genetic standpoint, family standpoint, but just from, you know, just pop culture things. So mm-hmm. you have groups of individuals that are, you know, that are congregating, that are friends, that are, mm-hmm. you know, doing things together that, you know, maybe 30, 40 years ago, not as much. Absolutely. So, you know, these folks are going home to their parents and they're asking questions because right. the information is out there. <laughs> so I think when you're getting it, you know, in your little space or you're getting it from, you know, Johnny comes home and asks a question like, OK, that's making you uncomfortable. OK, well, all right. It's making me. Let's, OK, let's figure out a way where we can take this away and we don't have we don't to have deal talk with about it. it and we can talk about right. it. Right. So, well, you know, and, and for a point of clarity, I don't um, I don't identify myself as uh, a Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. Right. I would I would support a Republican who have views that I can relate to or that I think are beneficial to right. my life and my right. family. It doesn't really matter right. to me. So my the context of, of what I'm talking about mm-hmm. isn't about Democrats right. versus Republicans, even political. though even though there has been over the last you know eight to ten years a, a, a really bright line drawn in the mm. sand uh, distinguishing the two different yeah. sides. And but from a policy perspective, there are tons of things mm-hmm. that Democrats do or don't do right. that I just can't simply understand or wrap my mind around. You know, even, even no. now you got. You know, you got control of both houses, you got the presidency, and there are things that you could do. Right. Right. To advance uh, initiative, <laughs> and you can't do it. So, you know, I can't identify with that. <laughs> Though there are Democrats that I would readily support uh, right. for, you know, various offices. Uh, Republicans, on the other hand, a lot of their uh, policies I do identify with. Mm-hmm. But the nonsense, the rhetoric, the, the you know the BS component of the party, I'm just totally yeah turned off turned yeah. off yeah. by it. Just well, totally uh, you know turned off by it. But there are still some Republican candidates that I can support for various you know offices and roles. Right. If I feel like their policies are going to be beneficial to me and, and my family from where you know where I sit, absolutely. And, and so I, I'm not approaching it from that angle when I talk about January 6th. Mm-hmm. I'm approaching it from the standpoint of a guy that I grew up in a small town mm-hmm. in Mississippi. And during the times that I was in high school, we had uh, separate proms, whites and blacks in the mm-hmm. prom. Uh, I was a class president. I remember organizing senior skip day only to find out that the same guys that I played football with wouldn't skip school with us. They skipped on a different day, even though they planned it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, uh, separate class reunions. Still to this day, for the most part, uh, there's not a fully integrated class reunion. Uh, yet, mm. if you talk to people <laughs> in that town mm. about race, 
the white people will say, like, they don't know what we're talking about. You know, they, 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 we, you know, it's like what we're saying is, you know, you just bringing up something. It's not that. That's not that long ago. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I think sometimes people think that I, when I'm laughing, I'm not laughing because it's comical. I'm laughing because it's just so ironic. That's not that long ago. No, it's not that long ago at all. It's, it's, it's like right now in a little town that my grandmother lived in. It's probably less than thirty miles away from this. Uh, where we are now, and and I and there is still a plantation that is very visible in the community. Several within a ten mile radius, but this one particular plantation, I guess, is now a farm. Mm-hmm. And ironically, I actually um, went up to it and was just looking around, and I noticed the name. And I can't remember what the name was, but the thing that really struck me was that the name of what it was then. All they did was just turn the name around. So the so the word is actually backwards. So I'm just so I'm just thinking about when you think about the when you talk about the word hypocrisy, right? That is something. Like right. you, I mean, like you could we could drive right now in less than thirty oh, minutes. We could be oh there. No, is it, there's there's several <laughs> examples. We don't even have to drive that yeah, far like, from where we are. Yeah, it's I like mean, it's, drive around the corner. Yeah, around the corner. I mean, if you think about you know redlining that still happens. Yeah, you know, yeah. you think about all these you know different practices. That like to your point, you know, we have some some members of society will say, "Oh, that's not an issue. That's not a problem anymore." Yeah. But it, it very much is. Or, or you'll be labeled a, a troublemaker. <laughs> yeah, we're talking, right, about talking about it. it. I mean, it, but it, and I think what's what's so important is is especially as as Black Americans. I typically use the term Black. I don't know if everybody, but I typically use the term Black Americans. Us as Black Americans, I think was we have we're at a critical time where information is public and information is readily available. And so, you know, not just not just because of the title in which I serve at, for, at the company, like I think the numbers are important. The data, if you look at the data, it'll tell the story. The data, you know, I think was uh, Jay-Z said, well, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Yes, like sir. I can speculate all day, but if right. I put a strict data yeah. set together. Now let me, so this is going to be probably the most controversial part of what I got to say. <laughs> I thought we just passed. You just yeah, passed. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. so, so, so I want to make sure y'all know I'm equal opportunity. Okay. That's, that's, fine. Okay. that's fine. That's now, fine. We, can, we, we talk about these disparities in terms of how uh, people of color are treated in business mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. you know, all walks of life. It still exists today. It does. And it, it, it's not as bad as, as it was Previously, mm-hmm. but it still exists. There's still issues, and, there. and, and it's still there's still issues. But but on the flip side of it, mm-hmm. now we do each other bad too. Oh, yeah, you know, as, as African American uh, or people of color, we always complain about how we get mistreated by uh, white people or non-minority people. That's a, that's a complaint, and it's a legit, legitimate complaint. Mm-hmm. But but we do each other bad as well because. You know, we're having this conversation about whether Will Smith should never work again. Mm-hmm. And there are some African-Americans, mm-hmm. there are people of color mm-hmm. who feel like he should not work again. And if the shoe was on the other foot and they had gone out and made a mistake and, 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 and someone was talking about taking their livelihood, they wouldn't be OK with not it. at all. And so I don't understand the mentality just as a people, like, why do we not collectively put more energy mm-hmm. into trying to build each other up versus taking that energy 
and trying to figure out how to tear each other down. (laughs) Well, I'll say, first of all, I appreciate your balance (laughs) 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 because I didn't know that you were going to take that turn, but I appreciate it. Uh, I too try to be as balanced as possible. I think all things need to be balanced. But, and so the other thing you might not know, I'm a dime, I'm a dime store psychologist too, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so I, and my, and again, this is, I'm not actually a psychologist. So anybody who ever sees this thing, I'm not claiming to have a PhD or anything like that. But what I do, like you said, I observe people. I watch people. I sit back. I do, I try to do more listening and observing than I do mm-hmm. talking. But I, my theory is, again, my, my theory is, is I call it the reflection theory. And it may be, it might be some other theory mm-hmm. out there that makes sense, but the, the basis of the crux of how I view it is, is if I don't see myself as valid, valuable, worthy of uh, grace, worthy of, of uh, opportunity, worthy of whatever, if I don't see those things in myself, as I go out into the community and I see other people who look like you, who my reflection comes back mm-hmm. to, my ref- like you, like we don't look alike. Right, we right. can't look alike because we're bald. But <laughs> right. We don't look alike. But I see my reflection in you because of who you are, right? right? So when you go out into the world and you want to go into the communities and you see your reflection, and if you don't have a high self-worth and a high you know, self-esteem about yourself, you're automatically going to think that that person that looks like you that reminds you of your reflection right. doesn't deserve it as well. So I, I think a lot of it is very internal. And I think if you kind of overlay that concept, you start to understand why people do what they do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we can go all the way back. I mean, even past slavery. I mean, you can go back to, you know, Cain and Abel, and I mean, you can go, you can go biblical times. But it's just, <laughs> it's preacher, just you know, preacher son I mean, out. You know, trouble is always <laughs> going to be there on yeah. every hand. Unfortunately, why does it have to be at the hand of my brother? You know, somebody right. that looks like right. that right. part. I, I that part I, I still don't, I still don't get. And yeah. it's like when you think about business, like I, I think about certain situations where, you know. With what we do, we'll have a certain clientele that may that may look like us, and we feel like, oh man, we have home field advantage. Right? <laughs> it's like, man, it's like you go in, and it's like the it's like the other way around. It's like you working harder. Yeah. It's like it's like working harder, or you feel like, man, okay, I got to bring this person in. You know, maybe they'll kind of react to them a little different. Uh, so uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's disheartening. Yeah. You know, yeah, it really and, is. And, and I'll come full circle from that statement yeah. and, and begin to close the show out by saying this. For me, that was the most disappointing thing mm. about the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident. That you had two uh, popular, highly successful African American men mm-hmm. uh, who have uh, created opportunity out of nowhere. You know, they made something out of themselves, something out of nothing. Yeah. Yep. And you had Will, who was really at the highest moment yeah. in his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he actually uh, cut his own self down mm-hmm. because he did not have the ability right. to control his emotions and his yep. his feelings. And I think that was the saddest part of watching that. Mm-hmm. You had one black man who got totally humiliated mm-hmm. on national television. Mm-hmm. And you got another black man who basically did the same thing to himself. And think about this. He was getting an Oscar for portraying 
a black man. A black, black man, man, yeah. Who a had problem. raised his yeah. daughters to be super successful. Mm-hmm. And they were there. Yeah. And so that, that moment wasn't just taken from Chris, it wasn't just taken from himself, it was taken from the celebration, mm-hmm. right? That they were all there to share. And you had other people also who were there to, you know, experience their moment yeah. and their success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was all yeah, that was away. the thing about Quest Love. Quest yeah, Love gave a lot of riveting speech. Yeah. You know, afterwards. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You think about the the ladies that were, you know, they were like the the MCs of the evening, you know, like that pairing. The right. fact that they had their opportunity to really showcase their skill set as female comics. So yeah, you know, it took away from it took away from their moment. It, it, so it detracted from everything. It it detracted from everything. I agree, but I also feel that I don't in this cancel culture that we live in. I don't feel that Will should be canceled. As right. as disappointing as I am, all the things you described and you, you did so yeah. well, and you're right. It's it's a lot of. I just don't feel like, you know, I think we're too quick to cancel. And I think we do need to give some grace. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, as black people, as African-American, as people of color, <laughs> we should be the last individuals mm-hmm. on earth trying to take every infraction or mistake to ruin a person's life. Absolutely. Because so many of us, our family members, uh, friends, associates have been victimized by systemic racism. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for that mercy, that mercy and that forgiveness that we can muster up amongst ourselves and our friends and our peers, where would we be? Yeah. <laughs> where would we be? And that's why I think Lost. it's important that we continue to build our own platform. Mm-hmm. So that we can't be Canceled. simply clicked right. off mm-hmm. by someone's uh, decision or some small group of people's decision who have allowed other individuals to get away with so much more. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. so, guys, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> no problem. I Always a pleasure. Viewers, thank you for watching. This has been The Sky's the Limit. This has been The Sky's the Limit with D Brown, CEO. To find out more about D, go to dbrownceo.com or Google D Brown CEO. To connect with the P3 Group, check out the P3GroupInc.com. The Sky's the Limit is a self-made TV original production.